All right, let me tell you about uh, American financing. Let's say you want to get one of those lizard cars. Right, you want to refinance. Right. Uh, take some of the equity out of your house to right. buy this multi-million right. this dollar happens. car. I've, I've already taken a lot of my equity out, put it on GameStop. Mm-hmm. I'll get one of those <laughs> get one of those lizard cars. I mean, Hillary's really mm-hmm. going to need to remortgage because right. of all the she's money that she's spending on, on our cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, we have uh, some solutions to the masks coming up. Uh, so uh, just you're safe. If really important. If you have time to call American Financing today, you uh, it will be very well worth your while. If you are paying more than 4% on your mortgage or if you're paying double digits on your credit cards, you got to stop that. Stop it. Plain and simple. If you're a homeowner, the best thing you can do today is refinance your mortgage without resetting it. Call American Financing right now at 800-906-2440. Don't tell them you're going to buy a lizard car with it. Uh, 800-906-2440. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. Science, man. It's science. We want to talk a little bit about COVID and uh, the report that came out yesterday uh, on CNBC that yes, one mask is good, two masks are better, but three masks may be the secret number. Well, I want to I want to tell you a little story. It's called the fifteen dollar minimum wage, and I'm going to I'm going to show you I'm going to show you how this all works. Uh, we do that in sixty seconds. Program. Do you hear about Mike Lindell? Permanently banned now on Twitter. Permanently banned on Twitter. Unbelievable. I mean, this is this is insane. You know, they they already went after his business when he was supporting the president. Uh, you know, the um, uh, what is it? The Better Business Bureau. And I know the story. I know I know all the details of what happened there. Uh, and it, it, it was a political hatchet job. Mike just does not seem to care, though. I mean, he's, he's no, out. He just keeps doesn't. he keeps talking. Doesn't doesn't mind telling you exactly what he thinks, and he doesn't care how much you threaten his business. And look, if you don't if you don't like what he says, don't don't listen. If you don't like what he says, don't buy his pillow. You know, I happen to actually like his pillow, and if I don't like what he says, I still sleep well. If I do like what he says and I like his pillow, I might buy the sheets. I might buy the towel sets too. Uh, I might support somebody who is being depersoned right now. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Check out the buy one, get one free offer on the Giza Dream Sheets. These are really, really good sheets. I never tell you to buy something that I don't either like or use, uh, find value in. And I certainly don't ever say, you know what? These are inferior, but they're on our side. So buy them. But that's stupid. These sheets are the best sheets I've slept on. They are so good. And you can get one uh, for free when you buy another set. So the Giza Dream Sheets. Also, deep discounts on all other MyPillow products as well. Enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117. You know, since Mike has, has been banned permanently from Twitter, you might want to just 
you know, tweet out that you're getting a MyPillow at MyPillow.com and they've got a two-for-one special. I mean, I think that would be, it would be nice just for your friends, <clears throat> you know, just to let people know that you're, you're at MyPillow.com or their number 800-966-3117. Do it now, MyPillow.com. It's science, man. It's science, okay? I'm a doctor. Uh, And uh, we want to get into some heavy-duty science. Let me start with CNBC's report yesterday on masks. The experts keep telling us that wearing masks is really about protecting ourselves, protecting others from ourselves in the event that we are contagious. Uh But, you know, if other people aren't wearing their masks or they're wearing them improperly, Uh we need to protect ourselves. So experts say you can double up with a tight-weave fabric mask for added protection. Now, Virginia Tech researchers found that doubling up these cloth masks increases the efficacy from 50 to 75 percent. A three-layer mask could block up to 90 percent of the particles. Wow. So you get three masks, you're up to 90. Now, you could just buy the N95, which filters out 95 percent of all dangerous uh, particles but and when those were tough tough to get at one point but now you can really go into any home depot and uh, yeah in the n95 that would stop you from having to wear three masks uh didn't stop uh mitt romney who's always a leader he's always a leader uh and Mm -hmm. i just i just uh he's got a sweet spirit i just love him to death and uh uh he was on the floor of the senate and uh, he was wearing two masks yesterday and i thought you know mitt I know you know. I know you know about these things. You may not be a doctor like I am, but I know you know these things. I mean, you don't just take a piggledy tie your dog to the roof of your car without having some idea of science. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so um, uh, I, I, I say this with all humility to that sweet, sweet dear man, uh, Mitt Romney. I have 25 masks now. Yesterday we got it up to 10, but your ears start to uh rip off your head there's a structural collapse around 10 to 12 masks uh, where your ears do not hold them your ears don't Mm -hmm. actually have any bones surprisingly most people i'm a doctor so i knew this Mm -hmm. but uh, most people don't know your ears don't have actual bones in them Hmm. so there's no real structure there you know and so they'll just rip right off your face if you put i had 11 but I think that as a doctor, I would not recommend more than 11 masks tied to your ears. However, we did go and we found these little mask thingies that you can put on the mask mm-hmm. that uh, it's like string. And then you can adjust it on the back of your head. It's like the fat guy seatbelt extender on airplanes. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Not that I know. Not that I have to use those. Not that I've ever sat next to my wife and she said, why aren't you buckling up? And I, you know. I don't have any experience. Well, that's just anyway. uh, So, uh, so now twenty-five masks. This this will filter out seven hundred and well. Let me just now. You just put it up here. Now my nose hurts a little bit from yesterday because it kind of crushes your nose Mm -hmm. when you really tighten it up. So now these masks, twenty-five masks, will filter out. 780% 780% of all particles. 780%? 780%. Add another 10, you're up to 1,000%. So if we had another 10, 
uh, if you had COVID, now this is speaking as a doctor, and I hate to get into science like this, but if you're, uh, if you do have COVID Mm -hmm. and you're wearing a thousand masks, it actually sucks the COVID out of your body. It sucks the COVID out of your body? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, and, and it, it, and and you're cured. Now, I don't want to talk about cures because this is just, well, I, I haven't run it by the FDA yet. No. No, no sign-off by Fauci on that one yet. Right, but either. A, but a thousand masks will really now you're gonna have a hard time because it's gonna be like your uh, I don't know, like Pinocchio. Right. You know when his nose was really long. Yeah, it's a lot of masks. You can't turn really easily because you 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 got a thousand masks on. Right, a thousand masks. Uh, but this is just uh, this is twenty five masks, and I feel comfortable. Uh, I don't think that my life is being disrupted at all. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I don't think it looks ridiculous. I think people will see this and they'll go, that guy is safe. That There's guy. a lot of pressure on the nose. I mean, the nose is also... Yes. Are there bones in the nose, Doctor? There are bones in the nose, okay. but they're higher up. You know, they're up here. Uh, okay. You're really worried about the cartilage yes. right here at the end, because that really does hurt. I think I have a nosebleed, but the good thing is the mask are completely absorbing all of the blood. It's like a maxi pad for your nose. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. So, scientifically. Now, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds a little, it sounds a little gross <laughs> coming it? from a non-doctor, but as a doctor, <laughs> I am telling you, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with strapping a couple of uh, uh, feminine hygiene products to your face. No. 25 feminine hygiene products. Is like a hundred face masks. What? A hundred? Uh, yeah. Did you say a hundred face masks? A hundred okay. face masks. Uh, that's what that's like. Now, my understanding is if you, you said a thousand face masks will suck the COVID out of you. Yes, a thousand will. Let's just, let me, I want to throw a theory by you. I'm not okay. a doctor. Yes. If you were to put on 5,000 face masks. Yes, your whole family is safe. Okay. Now, let me ask another question. Okay, all right. If you were to put on 10,000 face masks, could you bring people back from the dead that died of COVID like Pet Cemetery? Well, I don't, as a doctor, okay, Mm -hmm. I I don't have this peer-reviewed yet. You don't have it peer-reviewed, okay. So I'm just saying in the studies that I have done, Mm -hmm. if they are, if you're wearing 5,000 N95 masks, (laughs) yes, okay, Mm You can't. You have to be extraordinarily careful when you're walking near graveyards. <laughs> really? Yes. Because the, the, the people, people will... will just wake up and then you'll hear from under the ground. Oh, I'm still alive. Can you let me out? And uh, then this it's really ugly because you don't know who's been killed because they, you know, were supposed to die and. Uh, you know, they were a killer or something like that, and they were executed, or if they just died on COVID, because it. If you're wearing the N95, it saves everybody. Is it possible this is how The Walking Dead started? That documentary? Where people were... There was a zo- well, can I tell you something right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Walking Dead. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know when you see the... Stinkid- <laughs> Your scientific opinion is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you need me to break that down for you? If you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Do you um, have a prescription you could write? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to break it down, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think so. Yeah, There's uh, the a bit of physical pain involved in this uh, in this bit. Again, I mean the science. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I, I, I wear this in honor of that sweet, sweet, dear, dear, sweet-spirited mm -hmm. man, Mitt Romney, mm -hmm. who I just think is a leader, uh, who is a genius, mm -hmm. uh, and somebody that I really, really respect. Respect? Respect. Mm -hmm. Can you understand that? Respect. It's a little hard to understand. I'm just trying to... Oh, I wish you could really understand what yeah. I was telling you about my respect for Mitt Romney. Do you think that you are a hateful COVID denier that should be thrown off the internet if you're only wearing three masks? Well, I think definitely under 10. Under 10? Anything under 10? Under 10, you should... Well, <laughs> under 10, thrown off a deplatform, you shouldn't be able to use a bank. No banks, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but if, you, if you're... Uh, let's say you're not wearing... Uh, you're not wearing eight? Mm -hmm. Execution. Execution? I'm sorry? Execution. Okay, but a go. different kind of execution. I suggest that if you're wearing under eight masks, mm -hmm. that you are sent to New York and Andrew Cuomo can put you into one of the nursing homes. Okay. You and, just get uh, free free lodging at an Andrew Cuomo nursing home. Yes, and the, mm -hmm. and the state will then kill you there, mm. slowly. It's classy. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, enough for the science. Ow, ow, ow. It really is. It hurts your nose. Oh, it hurts. But it's worth it. If it just saves one child... Isn't it worth it still? Well, I think it's mostly worth it because both of us have already had COVID. So there would be absolutely no improvement and not 90% improvement, 0% improvement because we can't, you know, we're not going to get it again. Well, a thousand has three zeros in it. So if you're wearing a thousand masks, it's three times as better as none. Mm. That's not how it works, doctor. <laughs> no, it's, you don't understand. <laughs> no, it's true. Let me take you a real quick. Uh, I don't. Uh, break to tell you about AMAC. Knowing on who you can count on has always been a valuable commodity. For instance, can I trust this thousand mask theory? Yeah, you can. Now, did you get it from a reliable source? Sure, me. Um, but what about what about if I read it, you know, from some organization that does work in Washington? Huh. Probably not as reliable unless it's AMAC. AMAC is a is a uh, association for mature American citizens. It's a seniors group that has now over two million members. They give you everything that you everything that you need, all the discounts and everything else that you're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna go. I don't know, cross the country, and we're gonna need AAA, and we're gonna need discounts on hotels, and you know whatever, whatever people you know that are fifty plus. I don't know what those people do. But whatever it is those people do, you'll get the discounts. Shut up, Stu. Uh, you'll get the discounts. Now, the other thing is they really work in Washington to represent you. They represent faith, reason, uh, courage, solvency, you know, for the national debt, sanctity of life. They have a full-time presence in Washington, and AMAC has been pushing back for years against the radical left's socialist agenda. I believe they started around the Obama health care time. Uh, they are in it for the right reasons. The benefits are great. The cause is greater. It's our freedom. AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S, AMAC dot U-S slash Beck, AMAC dot U-S slash Beck. AMAC is better, better for you and better for America. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, you want to. You, you want to see somebody who's been, I, I think, red-pilled, maybe? Mm -hmm. I don't know if she would say it this way. 
But Tulsi Gabbard, what is happening with Tulsi Gabbard? I'm relatively certain she would not say it that way. <laughs> no, but I mean, can explain it another way. I well, mean, have you seen what she's saying? She issued a dire warning to the American people on Tuesday, expressing concern, quote, that domestic entities, enemies of the United States in the national security community and big tech industry are plotting to create a police state in America. She said the uh, CIA director, John Brennan and Adam Schiff, two leading proponents of expanding national security powers, labeling them domestic enemies of the country. Now, is that different than Adam Schiff or is that as Adam Schiff, a new guy I need to be aware of? No, I, it's kind mm-hmm. of a Adam Schiff, Adam Shifty. It's okay, kind of just, just in between. It's, mm-hmm. I want to remind people mm-hmm. that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it also, uh, you know, if you uh, it's also Adam you take the C out and the F's and just move the T closer in and you'll no, I the, You sure you don't even need no, to no, go I, further? I, I think I you explained it. Because mm-hmm. I can put it out on the chalkboard and really work it out for you if you'd like. Surprisingly, no, you don't need the, to do that. Uh, the mob who stormed the Capitol on January 6th to try to stop Congress from carrying out its constitutional responsibilities were behaving like domestic enemies of our country, Gabbard said. But let's be clear, John Brennan, the Adam Schiffs, and the oligarchs in big tech who are trying to undermine our constitutionally protected rights and turn our country into a police state with KGB-style surveillance are also domestic enemies and much more powerful, therefore dangerous, more dangerous than the mob that stormed the Capitol. She doesn't. She doesn't have a prayer. And no. she just doesn't have a prayer of, I mean, I'm surprised that the, the helicopters haven't picked her up already to take her to a nice little summer camp. Yeah. She, I mean, look, she has a lot of really far left wing policies, but she's always been very against that sort of she Clinton loves a, establishment type. Yeah. She loves America. There, there's that. That's one oh, thing man, you can say. Served, yeah. yeah. There's one thing you could say. And that's why, you know, you can have disagreements with people. But when they when they actually love America, like I, I couldn't take that from all of these Democrats during the um, uh, the inauguration with all of the flags up there and all of the things and the Star Spangled Banner and the oh, but it is a tear to my eye. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You, you've been saying for the last five years how much this country sucks. How this flag is a symbol of oppression. How the Star-Spangled Banner is a symbol of oppression and a song of oppression. I mean, I, I just can't take it. But I can take differences of opinions easy. But to at least believe in the Bill of Rights. And I think Tulsi Gabbard does. We've been trying to get her on the show. For some reason, for some reason she doesn't want to come on the show. That's weird, isn't it? That is very strange. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked by that. Oh, you know who I have on for the podcast tomorrow? Oh, you're going to love this. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber, you're going to get it two days before anybody else. Tomorrow, I have the head of the astronomy uh, department at Harvard. His credentials are a mile long, who says uh, we've already <clears throat> we've been visited <clears throat> in 2017 by aliens. <clears throat> and he said, uh, you know, I can make a pretty good case. He's got a new book out called Extraterrestrials, and it's about that. Remember that that cigar-shaped, oh yeah, okay, uh, asteroid. I got up to like chapter four last night. It's he's like it's not an asteroid, and here's why. And he explains it. 
He explains how it was shiny. It was like mirror like or metallic. And uh, the way it behaved, he said, comes destroys everything we know about the physical universe. If this indeed is an asteroid or a meteorite or something, it did not behave within the the principles of physics. And he said, so it would be impossible. It would be impossible Mm -hmm. or our physics are wrong. And he said, we we, we should have this talk, but nobody wants to talk about it because, you know, oh, right, right, right. It's an alien ship. Well, what else is it? And he's not saying it's an alien ship. He said it's the best, easiest explanation. But if it's not, what is it? And the way he talks about it is phenomenal. He's going to do a podcast with me tomorrow, and you'll be able to hear that. Tonight, for Blaze TV subscribers, and also I think we're putting this on the Blaze TV YouTube channel, tonight I'm going to talk to you about uh, what's happening in the Biden administration and all of these oligarchs and the way they are now structuring uh, the government. A recent article in Foreign Affairs written by Samantha Power yeah, she's back. President Biden had made her the new head of USAID. And then he put USAID, that seat, on the National Security Council. Why? Here's what she says. No leader wants it known that he has used his position of power and privilege to help himself and his cronies profit at the expense of citizens. That's the accidental definition of Joe Biden. So we started looking into the crony capitalism two weeks ago on Glenn TV. And tonight we're picking that baton back up and we're going to look at more of the deep pocketed stakeholders from BlackRock and big tech who have unprecedented White House access to further the worldwide agenda that is happening right now in Davos. It's amazing that the World Economic Forum actually responded to this program yesterday. I said something on this program yesterday, and from Davos, they tweeted back, and they said, "That's uh, Glenn Beck is just, this isn't right. Oh, yes, it is, and we explained it in the first hour of this, uh, of this broadcast today. Something is very, very wrong, and you need to know about it. It happens tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on blazetv.com slash Glenn or Blaze TV YouTube. Don't miss it. Share it with a friend. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ah, steaks. Is there anything better than a great steak? I'm thinking. Children? A great steak. I can't think of anything better than a great steak right now. And the best steaks are from Omaha Steaks. This has been America's butcher for, I don't, I don't even know, since like 1913 or 1911. They've been in the business for over 100 years. And the reason why they've been in the business that long is because they just make the best spoon-cut uh, fillets you've ever had in your life. I mean, their steaks are so tender, and it's because they age their steaks 21 days. And right now, if you go to their website at omahasteaks.com, you enter the keyword Beck into the search bar, you'll get a special price for their package right now, the Best Sellers Griller Pack, the Butcher's Best Sellers. It includes four of their iconic fork-tender butcher-cut fillets, 
uh, four juicy burgers, four pork chops, desserts, so much more. And if you use the promo code BECK, you'll get four more chicken breasts and four more burgers for free. OmahaSteaks.com, promo code BECK. When you subscribe to Blaze TV, I don't think they send you any steaks, but you do get a lot of good conservative programming. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn, and you'll save 30 bucks. So $15 an hour. Why only $15 an hour? I mean, it's like the masks, you know? Well, if one mask is good, two masks is better. Why not three? Why not seven? Why not 25? Uh, same thing with with uh, minimum wage. Why, why shouldn't the minimum wage be something really living? And maybe, you know, something that includes like where, where you could buy a house, maybe like $60,000 a year. I mean, why don't we just do that? Why stop at 15? Uh, Brian Riedel is uh, with us. He's the uh, senior fellow of the Manhattan Institute. He's a guy who doesn't care who's in office, Republicans or Democrats. Uh, he, uh, he points out both of them suck when it comes to actually living by the budget. <laughs> uh, and we wanted to talk to him about the $15 wage and also uh, how long can we last at these kind of spending uh, limits? Uh, we go to Brian now. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm great, Glenn. How are you? Very good. By the way, I forgot to mention you were also uh, one of the uh, researchers and co-authors of the book Broke, which was fantastic. I, at least they tell me. <laughs> uh, it was a great book. I was honored to have helped uh, in my own little way. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Okay. So, Brian, let's talk about the $15 uh, dollar, uh, wage. Mm-hmm. What will that do to the nation? Well, you know, the Congressional Budget Office said that even if we did it gradually during an economic boom, it would cost between 1.3 and 3.7 million jobs. Instead, they're talking about doing it during a recession, which means you're going to lose even more. But that's not even the worst of it. They would also raise the tipped minimum wage, you know, what waiters and waitresses make, from 213 to $15. So think of what, think of what restaurants are going through right now. Restaurants are, are going through their, their worst crisis in history. Millions have gone under. Many others are on the brink of bankruptcy. And the solution in the stimulus bill is to increase their minimum wage by 600%. I mean, it, it is economic malpractice. So, Brian, explain to people who don't, who don't understand you know, these big companies, they could afford $15 an hour. Explain why this cancels their jobs. Because not only can, not all big companies can afford it. You know, profit margins aren't that big. And, and especially small businesses really often cannot afford it, especially in low-cost places like Mississippi and Puerto Rico. You know, they tried raising the minimum wage really high in Puerto Rico about 15 years ago, and it cost something like 40% unemployment. Oh, my but gosh. Here's ano- but here's another point. Even if companies can afford it, it doesn't mean they will. Because, you know, companies aren't charities. If they're going to take a loss on, on an employee, if that employee is only worth $10 an hour, they're not going to pay them 15 even if they can afford it. What they're going to do is switch to automation. And that's why the higher the minimum wage goes, the more likely it is that you're going to walk into a Taco Bell and go up to a little machine and press a lot of buttons in order to get your Big Mac. I mean, it was the, the old automat. 
or the old yeah. uh, what is it automatic i think was the uh restaurant up in new york where you didn't have anybody waiting on you back in the 1930s now there's no one behind the machine to stuff the food in now it will just be a machine and we would call that progress anywhere else but because it's going to put people out of work now it's go- it's going to be devastating to the economy especially when you have truck drivers who are going to be the first on the block when automated trucks are everywhere on the highway. And that's part of the plan. You know, Andrew Yang has been saying we need universal basic income for all the jobs lost to automation. Well, they're speeding up the shift to automation by by essentially banning all jobs that don't pay $15 an hour. You're going to put a lot of people out of work. Then we're just we're going to have to spend a trillion dollars on their on their universal basic income payment. So you're going to end up paying for that too. So there there were there are places like in New York City, and not today. There are places in New York City with fifteen dollars uh, an hour would be reasonable. Um, you know, you you've got to you've got to pay higher if you're living in in New York City. Um, but there are also places all over the country where fifteen dollars an hour is quite a haul. Why fifteen dollars is crazy for a national number? It's not sensitive to local economies and local conditions. You know, Seattle and San Francisco can, can, can afford it much easier than places like again Mississippi or Puerto Rico, where prices are, are lower, wages are lower. You know, the, in Mississippi, the average manufacturing job doesn't even pay fifteen dollars an hour. You know, forget fast food; even even you know a manufacturing job doesn't pay that. And that's why I think that the better solution is to leave minimum wage up to the states. Mm-hmm. You know, some, st- some states have been raising their minimum wage. Some cities have been raising their minimum wage. Other cities and states with lower costs haven't because the local, po- the local elected officials understand a little better the local economic conditions and needs. A $15 national floor is, is, is bonkers coming out of Washington. Tell me about Seattle, because the initial response was this is going to put the restaurants out of business. What has happened to Seattle since they put this in? Seattle uh, has done a $15 wage, and it, it has slowed down employment, certainly. It, it hasn't caused an epic crash in the state, um, but the, the employment growth over the last couple of years certainly slowed down. There has been somewhat of a shift to automation. Even the trade-off exists in Seattle. Um, it hasn't caused a crash, but, but there has been a definite uh, slowdown in the growth of, low, of, of a lot of the jobs that are affected by the minimum wage. So we have, according to President uh, Biden now, a $11 trillion in new spending over the uh, uh, decade. They're no longer looking for the offsets. Um, he's saying that $3 trillion in new taxes uh, will help offset that. Um, I mean, we're just we're printing money, right? I mean, we're really on uh, modern monetary theory at this point, right, without calling it that. We are. In fact, last year when we ran a $3.3 trillion deficit, two-thirds of that was funded by the Federal Reserve, was funded by the printing press. So we are, we are printing money. We're not taxing it. We're not even really borrowing it. We're funding it out of the printing press. Right. And you're right. I mean, b- what Biden has proposed is $11 trillion in new spending over the decade. You know, to put that in context... John Kerry proposed two trillion over the decade in 04. Obama proposed one trillion. 
Hillary Clinton proposed $2 trillion, then Biden proposed $11 trillion, which shows that although Biden ran as a, as a moderate, today's Democratic Party has shifted so far to the left that $11 trillion sounded like a moderate. It's a huge <laughs> amount. And by the way, that $11 trillion, that's on top of the baseline deficit of about $15 trillion over the decade. So really, Biden oh would have us run total deficits of about $26 trillion over the decade. Is that number optimistic, too, Brian? I mean, does that reflect reality, even $26 trillion? Uh, it's, it's optimistic in that those numbers were before the recession. <laughs> wow. wow. And, wow. And, and also assumes no interest rate hikes. Exactly. It, these numbers, the, the scary thing about all these numbers is they assume interest rates stay low forever. And let me tell you, if interest rates rise one point higher than the Congressional Budget Office assumes, that would add $30 trillion over 30 years in oh interest. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, wow. Um, You know, people say, this is not Weimar, it's not Zimbabwe, and it's not yet. Do we, you know, it wasn't Weimar until a certain point, and then it was like, oh, my gosh, and it's too late. Any idea when it becomes too late? I mean, we are headed, correct me if I'm wrong, we're headed for a Zimbabwe or a or a Weimar if we don't stop this at some point, right? Oh, the trends are absolutely unsustainable. I mean, in total, uh, the Congressional Budget Office proposed $104 trillion in deficits over the next 30 years, even before the recession, even with low interest rates. $104 trillion over oh. 30 years. You know, you add in a little interest rate increase, you add in what we're going through right now, you could be up to $150 trillion over 30 years. Okay, so... These numbers are so big, it sounds like monopoly money. And it at will be no- point, monopoly, <laughs> monopoly money. Yeah, at, at some point... Uh, the system can't hold it up. And that could be in five years, seven years, ten years. A lot of it really depends on the bond market. If, to the extent that the bond market is lending Washington money, at some point they're going to say, we're going to stop lending you. We don't think you're good for this. This is ridiculous. And you're going to have to pay us twice as high of interest rates to compensate for the risk. At that point, you get into this vicious circle where Washington has to pay higher interest rates in order to attract lenders, which only makes the borrowing more, which makes them even more nervous, which requires even higher interest rates. At that point, I think what happens is Washington says, okay, forget finding lenders. We're just going to use the printing press. And that's when you start looking like (laughs) Weimar Germany. Didn't we? Didn't we already kind of hit this in some ways? I mean, I think it was over last summer or the summer before. We offered bonds, and nobody took them, and the the Fed just started buying them. Yeah, in the short term, we're facing that right now, because with deficits $3.3 trillion last year, could be even bigger this year, there just isn't enough people buying bonds to pay for that. As a matter of fact, the number of borrowing we're getting internationally, new borrowing has been pretty much zero. Um, China and Japan have, have not been buying our bonds at all. And domestically, there just isn't enough savers in order to pay for all this. So right now, we're facing, you know, the printing press running it because we can't we can't find three to four trillion dollars a year for for domestic people to to lend to us. Now, hopefully, as the recession ends, the deficit goes down to only one or two trillion dollars a year. I put only in air quotes. That'll be a little bit easier to finance, but the, but. 
it's not sustainable long term to keep borrowing one, two, three trillion dollars a year. Have you seen what's happening in Davos with the Great Reset? Uh, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Everybody's carrying such a heavy load. Um, yes. Yesterday, they said all we need is fifty trillion dollars, uh, and we can we can do all these things. Fifty yes. trillion. That sounds like where politics are right now. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, I, I wrote an article that said the Democrats' proposals would cost forty-two trillion over ten years, and people thought I was crazy to use a number that big. No one would ever propose that. And now these numbers are old hat, you know, Green New Deal, uh, Medicare for All, all of this stuff. We, we, we're hearing fifty, hundred trillion dollars thrown around like they're nothing. Thank you so much. Uh, Brian, I'd love to have you on again, but uh, I need to take some medicine here before <laughs> I talk to you again. Uh, Brian, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. I, I would like to go in a little further on what it means when the dollar starts to lose its value and and who really gets hurt it's the people who always played by the rules and people who have their money in a savings bank exactly uh all right brian thank you so much appreciate it brian knows that stuff better than anybody i swear he's a great follow on twitter at brian underscore riedel i believe it is r-i-e-d-l uh great place to go because he's got this stuff and he's been saying it the whole time he was saying it every president Going back even, through the even years, Trump. through Trump, all yeah. the whole time, you know, a lot of conservatives haven't focused on the budget here and the debt for a while. Hopefully that's going to return here with Biden as president because it's really important. That is, I mean, that is the one good thing about the Biden administration is at least conservatives will start paying attention to the debt again. Some people find their faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, John lives in Kansas. A few years ago, back injury made it so he was living every single day in pain. He tried a number of different things to try to make it go away or at least dull it down. Nothing really worked. Fortunately, John listens to the radio. Even more fortunately, he has good taste in radio shows. Hello, John. He heard a certain velvety voice talk radio guy talking about relief factor. John was like, I don't know if I believe this clown. Wait a minute. That wasn't by the by the point that he heard me talk about. It, he was living with back pain uh, for years and he had he's, he was at the point of I give anything a try. So he ordered the three week quick start. Well, that radio man turned out to be right because he writes within a few weeks. I felt better uh, that I have not only in years, but I, I felt better than I had before my injury. He got his life back. You can, too. It's not a drug. It was developed by doctors, and 70% of the people who try it for three weeks go on to order more because it works for them. Order the three-week quick start and see if it works for you. 1995 is the three-week trial pack. You can get it at relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. So they're keeping the National Guard in Washington, D.C., and nobody will explain why. Uh, yesterday... We asked the Army Secretary, uh, what, what, why are the troops still there? They referred the uh, Washington Examiner to the FBI. The FBI declined to respond. Now, the acting secretary for the Army, John Whitley, told reporters yesterday in a conference call 
that what I can tell you is in terms of what the FBI is briefing us is that there are several upcoming events that we need to be here for. Um, when pushed on it, he said, we don't engage in intelligence work ourselves. We rely on federal partners and particularly the FBI to provide that information. Um, after the January 6th Capitol riot, intelligence failures by law enforcement were cited by former Trump Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy. Um, he said, uh, you know, we, we should have been notified of this and had the troops there. Uh, they said, we don't do in domestic intelligence. We don't know. It's against the law for us to do this. Whitley said FBI briefings have indicated that an upcoming unlawful First Amendment protected protest could be used by malicious actors to incite more violence. We're posturing our forces to be able to respond to these threats if they emerge. Uh, so we, we've got... <laughs> We have 7,000 guard members that will be there until this weekend, and they're going to keep 5,000 National Guard members at the Capitol until mid-March. Let's not normalize this. American military troops on the streets of our nation's capital? Yeah, can we not normalize this? I think the people need to demand some answers, and your governor needs to say, what are you doing, or I'm pulling them back. This is the Glenn Beck Program.